Hi, friends, and welcome to Curiously Wise, Practical Spirituality in Action. I'm Lauren Wittig, your host, and today I am channeling the circle of light again. Pamela Dell Palmer is back to ask questions. I hope you find this interview helpful, uplifting, and insightful. Without further ado, I'm going to let the circle take the mic. Good afternoon, Pamela. Good afternoon, Circle. Would you like to begin today? Sure. We're very happy to be back here with you and Lauren. For there's much going on in the world and there is much fear and anxiety. And we would love to be able to bring forth a, a message of hope and peace and courage today. We don't know what questions you have prepared for us, but these are topics that are being requested by many, many people on the earth right now. So let us just address that first. This is a time of great tumult. There is, there are many, many changes happening around the world politically, socially, culturally, and geologically. And these are crescendoing in places. And the crescendo will travel around the world, echoing across the world, much as at a, a sports arena, you see the wave go around the, the bleachers. In this way, we, we, will, we hope you will see that it will not all happen simultaneously everywhere. And for this, we'll give you breathing places between some of these waves of tumult. This is not the end of the world. This is not the end of humankind. But it is a time of great change. And change is always, it, it can be fear-provoking, anxiety-provoking, distrust-provoking, and indeed a lot of that those energies are being presented today in humankind. But we would ask that you, when you are feeling this way, that you take a deep breath, hold it for a moment, let it out, and do that again several times until you feel your body relax. For your bodies are aching with the effort of holding all of these energies for you, all of these emotions for you. And it needs time to rejuvenate itself. And by that, we mean mostly that it needs time to have a good night's sleep. It needs plenty of water to stay hydrated so that your immune system will work properly for you. It needs care. And when humans are swept up in anxiety, fear, and all the things that go along with change, with the, with the uncertainty of change, with the, um, the deep grief that comes with change. And grief is one that humans often don't recognize unless it is about something like the death of a loved one. But grief is simply the energy of change. It, like anger, helps to, to cleanse change. Anger moves you into it. Grief moves you through it and eventually out of it. And so particularly we would ask that you honor grief. And in terms of the way that uh, Lauren works with energy when she's working with people, 
the grief is held in the lungs. So you may find if you have respiratory problems that they are growing worse. And it may have nothing to do with anything except the energy, the, the frequency, we should say, of the emotions that you are, are collecting in your body. So at this time, one of the best things that you can do for yourself is find something that relaxes and calms your physical self. Your spiritual self will be unsettled, but it's the body that is the vehicle as a human, and the body is the thing that can get broken down the fastest if you don't turn your attention to it. And we know that many humans really don't regard their body as anything you know, special, but they are. They are what we, who are in spirit form, aspire to so that we can feel emotions, so that we can have experiences, so that we can gain more wisdom from that experience of being human. And those of you on the earth right now have chosen to come here in human form to take on the vehicle of the human body to incarnate so that you may have this experience. And we understand, for some of us have incarnated recently, we understand how hard that can be when you are used to being in spirit form and suddenly you find yourself in this container, this beautiful container, this container that allows you to have such beautiful experiences, but it also allows you to have difficult experiences. And those are also useful for how would change ever happen if you did not experience that which you desire to have changed. This is, this is what Lauren used to complain about that, that she refers to as contrast, contrast between where you want to be and where you actually are. And this is a, another force frequency of moving forward, moving out of the old and into the new, of not getting stagnant, of not getting stuck, of not wallowing in whatever it is that you're not dealing with right now. And for many of you, that is grief and it is unrecognized grief. And just as with anything that goes stuffed in the body and is an energy that is dissonant, that is non-harmonic with the, the, your baseline harmonic, your baseline frequency, we should say, or the frequency that you have found that you can rise to, if it's not harmonic with that, it can create pain. It can create disease. It can create a breakdown of systems. And this is not what you came here to have. This is not what you came here to experience. You need to accept whatever it is that's going on. Help your body to relax, to, to be properly cared for. We do not mean you have to go to the gym or you have to run a marathon or anything like that. Take a walk. Be in nature. Take a hot bath or a shower. Do something that nourishes your body. Eat good food. That alone will change things dramatically for most people. Lauren likes to eat root vegetables when she is feeling disconnected from, from her body or when she's feeling disconnected from the earth. These vegetables have a very strong harmonic frequency with the physical body and with the physical earth. So they're very, very nourishing to your, both your physical and your energetic body in that way. So we just wanted to share this message with you that, yes, there are hard times that you are in and there are times of great change that are still happening and will be happening for the next 
two to three years will not all be over after that time, but that that is the the climax of it, we would say. And you need to to take care of your physical self so that when the climax is over, when you are coming out of the other side of this time of change, and when you are needed to help imagine, manifest the changes, we need you to be healthy. We need you to be strong. We need you to be ready to do the work you came here to do as light workers, as human beings having a human experience. We need you to be available and healthy so that you can do what you came here to do. And together, collectively, we can bring the changes to the human experience and to the earth herself that we need, that are needed not just by those on earth, but by the universe. This, this energetic change, this cultural change, this societal change, this legal change, this political change, all of these changes need to happen so that the earth can be healed and people can enjoy more of their time. Not that there won't still be some contrast, but it won't be so frightening. It will simply be opportunities to learn. So this is the message we want to bring to you today. And we hope that it gives you some peace and some ideas for how to weather the storm of the next few years and come out the other side ready to have a more beautiful existence than you can even imagine right now. And with that, we will turn to you, Pamela. So you talk about change and the societal change and political change, what have you. But can you talk to the energetic changes that we are experiencing and how we might be feeling grief around those? Certainly, certainly. The good thing is that most of the energetic changes are quite joyful. But there are those who are resisting them. And there are those who are we would say just oblivious to them. The earth herself is changing. She is raising her vibration and that's affecting everyone on the earth. And so for many, that is a change that feels very uncomfortable because they have not attuned to it. They have not learned how to, to align in harmony with it. And this is mostly because they are not aware that they need to. These are the people who are not aware, awake, woke, we would use that word to re reclaim it. And so those people are fearful because they can feel the change, but they don't understand the change. They can feel the wave of, of this change over the next few years coming, but they don't understand the fullness of it. They understand the human side of it, that there's political things, there's cultural change, though they may not even name it that way. They just know that change is, is happening. And these people are grieving. They are grieving the loss of what they knew. They are grieving the loss of what their parents knew and their grandparents knew. They are fearful that the future will not be better than now. They are fearful that it will only get worse. And so that grief is being stuck with the fear within their bodies. And it keeps them from 
from getting curious about what could be, it keeps them from allowing their imagination to run to the positive. They are stuck in the, the past. And of course, humans are very good at, at rewriting the past to make it look better, to remember it better, to forgive without realizing they've forgiven and thus they have a different aspect about what they have come through or to hold on that which has harmed them. And that is what many do. And they call it being sentimental about the past, when in fact they're just holding on to those things that hurt them from the past. So there's a lot of that in humankind, and not just here in the United States where you and Lauren are, but everywhere around the world. This is There is a, a split between those who are looking forward and imagining, illuminating, getting curious about manifesting a better world, a better way for people to be with each other, a better experience on this earth, a better experience for the earth too. So it's not just the humans, but everything on it, in it, around it, and the earth herself. This is where the vibration is rising very quickly. There are many of you who have moved into higher dimensions energetically. And this is the forward-looking part of humanity. But the backward-looking part of humanity only see the future or even the present as worse than the past. And they only see it becoming even worse. And there is not much we can do with these, these people because they are not... For the most part, they are very shut down spiritually. They are very shut down with from their inner world other than fear and anger and the grief that they don't recognize. And there is, it's very difficult for them to even get curious about if there's another alternative than the, the doom and gloom that they believe is coming. And that's not without reason, because it does appear that way. From humanity's point of view right now, the world is a pretty difficult place. But there are those of you who can take a, a more distant perspective, a more, a more long-term perspective, and see that there is good that is out there. It's already here. It's already changing things. But it hasn't reached a point of, we shall say, obviousness to everyone. So the best that can be done for this situation is that those of you who are aware and able to, to work with energy, to work with frequency of energy, to raise your own frequency, to raise the dimensions that you are, are able, capable of getting up to, into, you keep doing that because this ripples out, this energy, if you are able to, particularly those of you who are capable of, of holding a very high vibration, if you can do that as you move through the human world, as Lauren likes to call it, the muggle world, if you can keep that vibration and you observe those around you, even the animals around you, you will begin to see that they are affected in a positive way by your energy. This is what Lauren likes to do, likes to call going to the store and smiling at everybody. But it's even more. It's bigger. It's more powerful than that. 
And you don't have to do much consciously except to check your own vibration before you go out into public. Just see, do I, do I feel really good today? Do I feel light? Do I feel joy? Is my heart open? And if it is, you're in the perfect position to go out in the world and spread that vibration. Now, you may feel you need to protect yourself from the other vibrations, but if you are truly in that strong heart space, that is essentially so strong a vibration going out that it will not let lower vibrations come in. So there is, there is that, we would call it a built-in protection if you are going out into the world with your heart wide open. Now, you don't always want to be out in the world with your heart wide open, but it is a good thing to practice now and then at least. And for some reason, Lauren always visualizes Target, the store, when she's thinking about this kind of thing. And so the other thing that you can begin to notice, and this is another thing that Lauren has tuned into very recently, is that wild animals are not afraid of her anymore. It's not that she can walk up to them and pet them, the deer in her yard, for example, but she talks to them out loud and they just stand still and pay attention. And then eventually they just start eating again. Their babies are there and there's no problem. There's no fear between the animals and Lauren anymore. And this is an example of how she can observe from the outside that she really has raised her vibration, that she has changed the, the energetic signature of herself, both the spiritual self and the physical self. And so these are things that you can begin to look for, to notice the changes that you can help create in the world just simply by existing at the highest vibration you are capable of holding. And even if it's just a bit above those who can't imagine a better future, it's going to help. And the more people around the world that are doing this, and they are many, then the faster the world is going to shift, the people on the world and the animals on the world and the earth herself will be able to raise her frequency even faster. And this will help to change things for the better even for those who can't see it now. So with the Awakened Collective, what are you seeing as the most prominent reasons for grief in that collective? In the Awakened Collective? Yes. There is some of the same source for grief that, that, for example, Lauren sometimes looks back on her childhood, not in her family, but just the freedom she had as a child to roam the neighborhood until the lights came on at dark, um, the lack of fear people had around strangers. So there is grief around the loss of those sorts of nostalgic things, even amongst the awakened. And this is, this is still that sentimentality, that looking back and seeing things you know, through a, a different lens than when you were in them. And it would do well for them also to release this grief, to allow it to see it, to allow it to understand it, and then to let go of the grief. It does not mean you have to let go of the memory, but just of the grief around that memory no longer being the, the current human experience. And so there is that. 
There is also this grief around the loss of loved ones who have chosen to leave early. And this is also quite normal for humans. Uh, you get very attached to those near you and, and you do miss them when they're gone. And so there is that grief. But as the awakened ones become more, we would say more awakened, become more, they become more able to live what they know as far as spirituality and oneness and that energy can never be uh, destroyed. It just changes its, its outward function, its outward appearance. As you move into that, then you begin to be able to appreciate those that are, are no longer in human form, but to understand that they're still available to you. They're still watching over you. In some cases, they're still part of you and you are part of them. And in this case, having someone pass over, as you say, actually connects you even more strongly to oneness because you are connected to their energy and they are still connected to you through those human emotions that they, they got to experience in human form and through the, the energy of those emotions, that signature within that, that portion of the one. And so this, is, this will become more the way people think about losing a human loved one to back to the oneness, that it actually will increase your connection, your remembering that you are part of that oneness. And so it will ultimately become, if not joyful, because there will always be that, that, that missing feeling of not having them right there with you in human form, but it will become a more peaceful aspect of human life when, when a soul chooses to return to the one, especially if they choose to return before humans expect them to. So in other words, not as an elder, but perhaps as a child or as a young adult, or they take their own life, or there's accidents, those sorts of, of losses. Those are the particularly hard ones. It does seem to be hard to let go of your elders, but there is some peace usually after their passing because you know that they are no longer weak and frail and maybe in pain. And so there's, there's that part of it. Does that answer the question for you? It did. It was, it was an answer. <laughs> there are um, always multiple answers to anything. <laughs> I know. I know. I have a question Lauren raised with me earlier, raised with you earlier. How, what advice do you have for us when we are trying to flow? listen to the energy and flow. And yet there are demands on our time from our calendars and our spouses and our jobs and what have you. Yes, this is one that Lauren has been experiencing many lessons in lately. She gets quite frustrated by it, but she is learning to, to relax and to, uh, to reframe. So this is one thing that it is hard, especially for those who have what you would call a nine to five job, though it's more like eight to six these days in your life. But 
for those who are working for other people, they have a lot less autonomy over how they use their time. But for those of you who are working for yourselves or perhaps are in a position where you don't have to work and you can just allow your day to flow, there are some things that you can begin to do. And one of them is changing the language around how you approach time. So the example that is easiest for us to convey because it's the, from Lauren is that when she was writing books, the very word deadline freaked her out, made her very anxious. And she did not like that feeling and it made her fearful that she would let someone down if she didn't deliver what she had said she would deliver when she said she delivered it and to also have it perfectly done. She liked to pile on herself that way. And she understands that this was something that was trained into her as a child and is actually partly ancestral flotsam that was passed down to her. So then she decided that she would call it a delivery date. And yet this still implied a specific time, day, spot on her calendar where she would have to then plan out how she was going to make that happen by that time and date. And she would pile on the same anxiety and concern that if she didn't deliver when she said she was going to be deemed unreliable or that you know no one would want to work with her again. And yes, she understands now that that's not helpful to bring those those thoughts in because she does not know what other people think of her. And so she has recently settled on the, when she is working with someone and there is something that needs to be done and, and she knows that it, it is maybe not specifically time sensitive, but that, you know, it's not something she can put off for three years. She's decided to say to that person, I'll start working on that without any or any inclination of when she's actually going to start working on that because she's waiting for the flow and when it will be delivered because she will also be following the flow. And she has done this recently with great success. And she has found that the people she's been working with who she felt she had let down earlier in this process were actually delighted because it created the perfect time for an event that they had had to push back and a much better date, a much better astrological energy, et cetera. And so this was a great opportunity for her to recognize that, first of all, the people she was working with had no concern about the fact that it didn't happen when she said it would happen because they're both pretty awake and they both prefer and try to work with the flow of energy anyway. And so when it was done and they were loving it and they had a new date that was actually perfect, Lauren finally got it that if she trusts the flow and does not commit to anybody else verbally or in written form to a specific date and time, that then she really can deliver in divine right timing. So this is just one way that she has, has been playing with, and we do call it playing. She has been coming to, to the problem, recognizing her own difficulty with managing muggle time versus divine right timing and being in the flow. And she has been playing with ways to help herself reframe it use different language around it and to change her own mindset around it. 
Now, we know, again, that this is very difficult to do if you work for a boss who expects you to be you know, at work at a particular time and has delivery dates for everything. But then you can begin to practice it in your personal life. And you will find that if you can bring that playfulness to the, the task of learning how not to commit to specific dates and times in the muggle calendar sense and clock sense, but rather go with the flow, you will be surprised at what occurs and how serendipity has an opportunity to come in and help how your guides may have an opportunity to come in and guide you in a slightly different direction than you thought you were going, how you may find that your own feet or your own curiosity is taking you in a completely different direction than you thought with whatever the thing is that you're playing with. And you may find that where you end up is even better than what you would have committed to if you were not playing with this concept of being in the flow and working. We see it almost as like weaving your way around human concepts of time. So that for now is the place to start. If you work for yourself and you can begin to shift from deliverable dates for things to a more organic, I'm working on it. I'll let you know, you know, I'll, I'll keep you posted on my progress, you can say. You don't have to say when or how or why. You know, just keep it very nonspecific. The language will be interpreted by the one receiving you know, your message and they may or may not like it, but that's, that's their problem in, in, most, in some senses. If it's your boss, again, yeah, you're going to have to just deal with muggle time, at least during your working hours. But do bring this sense of playfulness even there. You may find little ways that you can begin to bring the flow into that more structured situation. Pamela, we would ask you if you have any suggestions about that. Well, that actually kind of ties back to the question I was going to ask as a follow-up. I feel whether I'm in the flow. I, I can feel whether it's yes or no, whether I'm being roadblocked, whether the door is open. But that's something that I've developed over a number of years now. And I was wondering if particularly those of you who have been in physical form might like to explain what we mean by the flow to someone who has never been in it and doesn't know how to recognize it. This is a great question. The flow is something humans call it. We would call it being at ease in the energy. And the energy is the energy of everything around you. It's your own energy, but it's also the energy of your environment, the energy of the people around you. And you will be well advised to think about times when you were, perhaps you were on a trip or you had a particular project that you were working on and, and you know, one of those with a deadline even. And everything just fell into place. It was easy. 
you could you could easily know, oh, this is the right thing for me. And now I'm going to do that. And oh, wow, look here, this one is right. That Oh, that's the next right step. Good. This is, you know, how things unfold when you are, quote unquote, in the flow, when the in, you are working with the energy, not against the energy. So the common metaphor that's used for being in the flow is of a river. And if you are in the river and you are trying to get out of the river by swimming upstream, you are working against the flow. It's going to be hard. It's going to be exhausting. It's going to be, you're going to have setbacks where you get washed down the river and you have to swim up some more. If you turn around and you allow yourself to go with the current, with the flow of water in this case, then if you're in a rocky river, you still have some obstacles ahead of you, but you will find that the current will take you around most of that. And it will easily and quickly take you down the river to a place where perhaps there's just a little sandbar right there and you can get out with ease. So this is one image. And we were working with Lauren this morning before she woke up and, and another image was given to her for this because she has been pondering this a lot lately. And the image there was of a huge swimming pool. So no current. And not very deep. You could stand up in it. But everybody in the pool, before, as they got into the water, they would hold out their hand and scoop a, a piece of the flow of energy, sort of connecting themselves to the energy around them in a very specific way, bringing it to their heart. So literally reaching out for energy and bringing it into their heart. And then they would lie back on their, on their back and float. And what Lauren noticed in this dream that she had is that as they floated, they wouldn't float for, in a straight line for very long. And they weren't paddling. They weren't moving their hands. They were just drifting with the water. But then they might take a loop-de-loop -loop around and go in a different direction. Or sometimes they would take a 90-degree turn and they were not doing it on purpose. The energy within them was helping them maneuver through the water. So in this way, the current is within them. Instead of being in the river, they have brought the current inside them. And in that way, the current is leading, is helping them to go where they need to go or where they are best. How do we want to put this? How they will be in the best position to do whatever they're trying to, they want to do, whatever is ahead of them on their path. It's a little bit hard to explain there. But she found this very interesting because people were moving in different directions and at different speeds. And sometimes somebody would be moving very much in the same direction for a long time and then suddenly make a, a turn and go back in the other direction. And when she realized after she woke up that this was them just being in their own flow of energy, connected to the universe, connected to that, that energetic flow for them, because everybody has their own that you could be taken in any direction at any time and that was okay because it was in the flow. It was where you were meant to be directed or attracted to. And, and so this is a new concept for her today, but also we believe a better, in some ways, a better metaphor for how to connect to the flow, actually to bring it into your heart, open your heart, put your hands on your heart, ask for the flow to be within you. This is very simple intention. and then. Really, as you say, feel for it. What feels good? You used to choose a path in the woods by what looked most beautiful. And it had nothing to do if Lauren looked at the same place. She didn't see anything different about it, but you would see 
a golden glow, perhaps, or something very beautiful about the right path. And in this way, you begin to honor your flow, your being in your flow and what your path was. And Lauren does it by, it, it is a feeling for her, but it's not when she's often consciously searching for. She's just so intuitive. She goes, oh, that feels like the right place, you know, or she just knows that's where I'm supposed to go. Or she gets, sometimes she gets stubborn and we have to block her. And you have talked about roadblocks before. Lauren can get very stubborn about trying to get something done that somebody else expects from her, right? And so we have often had to throw up a roadblock to get her to stop, let the, the frustration dissipate a bit, and then, then she can think about it. Oh, she'll say, this is a roadblock. I'm not supposed to be doing this right now. I'm not in the flow. And she often will go and either meditate or go for a walk, take the dog out for a walk or go into the woods for a while, or even just get, get a glass of water just to reset herself. And in this way, she, she has learned, as you have learned, Pamela, how to feel for the, the, the flow around her. She was very aware of it when, when she was writing books. And I think you, we think you were too, Pamela, mm. that when you were, when, when you got into the flow of the energy of that book, it just poured out of you. And it was often the best parts of the book. It was often the best written parts of the book, even in the first draft. And so you, the, both of you had the opportunity to learn what that felt like in that very specific way. And that has helped both of you to, to recognize it in a broader sense in, you know, in the rest of your life, not just when you were focused on writing a book. So it's a good point that you brought up that, you, that it is important to learn to to notice or feel, there's however you want to, to whatever word you want to use, when you feel like everything is unfolding very easily and organically without effort and all you have to do is pay attention so that you don't accidentally, you know, step out of the flow. And even then, you'll learn how to step back into it. This is best practice solo. So... This is part of why Lauren would get out into the woods because she could be there without other human beings around much or the TV on or, you know, those sorts of, of distractions. And she could really feel for what it felt like when she was following her own flow when she was in it versus when she was efforting, as she likes to say, when she was trying to make things happen, when she was trying to get things done, when she was, you know, outside of the flow and still trying to get things done because of her concern over judgment of others. And so this is, this is another place where introspection is really useful to see what it is that is preventing you from just allowing yourself to be in the flow. And those are often things that need some healing work done around them. I'd like to go back to your analogy of the swimming pool where you talked about how two people in the pool could be going parallel for quite some time and then suddenly break off going in different directions. And that seems like a, a strong analogy for, and I suspect this goes back to the grief of the Awakened Collective, another example for that, that, for example, relationships. 
how we two people are in relationship for a very long time and society says you must stay together, but the flow is trying to pull you apart. Or also in a job or a career, someone has put their entire life into this career and suddenly they in the career, that person in the career seem to be taking different paths. Would you like to speak to that? Yes, it is a good observation. There are often times in the current experience on earth where there are risks in families even because of sometimes it's political, but sometimes it's simply that there are people like you and Lauren who have been working, doing the inner work to understand the lessons of this lifetime and heal the lessons of other lifetimes. And you have raised your vibration. You have expanded your horizons. You have expanded your understanding of how the universe works. And they have not, and they're not willing to. They're not even even slightly willing to. And it becomes so dissonant, the energies, they are, they are so disharmonic that it is it is, you can't continue it. It is hurtful and it is uncomfortable and it is like a constant twanging in your ear or in this case, in your heart a lot of the times. And this does unfortunately often mean that you part ways. There are people in Lauren's life that were her, there was several who were her best friends at different stages in her life and she just doesn't even like to talk to them much anymore because they have such different worldviews. They have such different energies. For the most part, it's Lauren's become quite optimistic and her old friends are very pessimistic. And it just doesn't feel like the energy she wants to be in anymore. And it's not that she doesn't still have love in her heart for these people, but she just doesn't want to be in that energy anymore. And so this is something pretty common in humans that that especially as you you know if, if you have friends and or even family from childhood and you come become adults and things change a lot. You have different life experiences, you have different understandings about, you know, how how you want the world to be or how the world could be or you have different understandings about how leadership should be should present itself all these different things that become very divisive in the human experience. And often they are, while they the words are divisive, the beliefs are divisive, it's really the energy underneath that, underlying that, that is causing that changing path so uh, abruptly. You have experienced divorce. Many people have. There are opportunities or there are situations where siblings in the same family can't stand each other. And these are times where people have needed to go in different directions, but may not have, may have, as you said, may have said, you know, the culture says we're supposed to be in relationship forever. And so you work hard at it and you try hard at it and it breaks your heart. You get bad feelings and there's grief and there's anger. And none of that is helpful and none of that is healthy. And so this is a, a, a place where, yes, you might see that you've been going along parallel with each other for a while, but the, the, the dissonance between you has just gotten to a breaking point and it's time now to change direction. And your own flow will take you in different directions. 
This is a place where this optimism, pessimism thing can be particularly hard on humans to, to, to be in relationship, a close relationship at least with. I hope this conversation has left you feeling inspired and curious about the world around you and within you. After all, curiosity is the key to growth and understanding. So keep asking questions and exploring new ideas. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and or leaving a review. It helps us be found by others. If you're curious to learn more about me or my healing practice, Heartlight Wellness, head over to my website at heartlightjoy.com. Until next time, I'm Lauren Wittig. Stay curious.